Welcome into the Raheel Show podcast. Chance McLean on with me today. We're going to be talking about how to get started in whatever and anything you want. You put your mind to it. You're going to do it. Uh, Chance is a brother to me. We'll have great stories, all that good stuff. But first, let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, they are the reason we can do this podcast. Yay! Woo, sponsors! How about Sneaker Summit? Our guys at the Sneaker Summit storefront. 59 and South Shepherd Guys, if you need any kind of collectible shoe, Yeezys, NMDs, Adidas, they got you covered, Jordan, Air Max. This is a cool story. You remember Sneaker Summit? Of course. So they, We had a weekly show. Yeah. So what they did, Adrian, Active Adrian and Brian, they took the Sneaker Summit concept of like meeting, bartering, buying, trading, everything, and they put it in a storefront. And it's through co-signment. So if you wanted to sell your Timberlands, you no, come in. No, my Hardens. More, your Hardens, yes. You actually have the Icy Whites. I do. And you could, so if you're like, you know what? I like these. I've worn them a few times, but I don't like them. You can go resell them. Nice. And they will they will do it for you. You get top value over there. And then I come in there and I go, whoa, you know what? I want those Icy White Hardens. And I buy your shoes. Boom. Easy. Sneaker Summit is awesome. You can, in fact, check out their whole Product line right now on the whole thing crashed. Mara uh, webcam just Woo! crashed. I Audio probably it. didn't. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Audio is good. Um, so you can go in there and you can go online right now, sneakersummit.com, see their entire lineup. Whatever they have in store product, you can uh, check it out, see what shoes you want. Uh, you can sort it by price, all that good stuff. Sneakersummit.com. You can also follow them on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sneakersummit. They are great people. Cool. Great people. I hit all four, right? You nailed them. Yeah, I nailed them. I know all four because I follow social them. social circle. The social circle. you got to be complete That's with it. the uh, social circle. Fix that shit. Yeah, I'll fix it in a second. So Sneakersummit.com, Sneakersummit.com. Uh, tell them you heard it on the Raheel Show. You get 10% off. Nice. Perfume Time Houston. You know my dad. Oh, of saying. course. Uh, you go in there and get discounted perfume, wholesale prices on perfumes, colognes, watches, watch batteries. I'm a replacement. client. You are a client. Yeah. You've gone in there multiple times. I can times. actually tell you a story about your dad. Yeah, you store. tell a story real I quick. I found uh, my wife fell in love with a with a perfume ages ago, and it's one that was out of print. I, I don't know if they call it out of print, but they stopped making it. So I called Raheel, and Raheel said, dude, that's my dad. He's got hookups. And so I did, and I'll be damned if he didn't find it. And I went in there and... And I was able to purchase it for the same price that I had bought it about that I had bought it from a regular like you know regular store five years before, and uh, they still have it, man. It's it's good stuff. That his his dad's store is fantastic, right, Raheel? Yes. All right. So the live video just crashed. Video just crashed. So we will redo the live video in a second after our ads here. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, they're not even ads. They're my dudes. My dad is awesome. Perfume Time Houston. Go to Google. Put in your phone. Perfume Time Houston. You'll get the phone number seven one three seven eight two zero zero three zero. They're located at eight thousand Harwin. And uh, guys, you can call them and be like, Hey, do you have like you did? Hey, you got this one? And he goes, Yeah, I'll get it for you. Or if he doesn't have it, he'll figure it out. And yeah. you will pay. You will pay my price. Like, I get a discount. I'm never going to pay full price there. I'm his son, right? <laughs> you shouldn't have to either. That's bullshit. You go in there. Friendliest to... people on earth. Yes. They are really, the you feel like family walking in there. Yeah. So you go into Perfume Time Houston, go tell him what's up, and uh, he will hook you up with a great price. Why are you paying $80, $90 more at the big box stores? Go get the wholesale price and an additional discount on top. Uh, based on how much he likes you, he'll base the discount there. It's very That's old school, baby. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, I like this guy a little bit more. I'm going to give you a better discount. Yeah, I like his theater. shoes. I like his sneaker summit yeah, shoes. Sneaker summit shoes. Uh, how about htowndental.com? htowndental, 
four locations across the city of Houston. Guys, if you know somebody that needs dental work done and they can't afford it for whatever reason, my brother's going to put them on a right payment plan that benefits them, not him. That's how he does it. HtownDental.com. Or if you just need general dentistry done, you need your root canal, you need a wisdom tooth extracted, they can take care of it all. He and his partner, Bobby, are awesome. HtownDental.com. He will treat you like family because, once again, you are family. If you mention The Reheal Show, you get a free cleaning and x-rays. What? Just walk in and get your free cleaning and x-rays. Just for the hell of it. Just go, yeah. If, even if you just Recreational got one. dentistry. Yeah. He's such an asshole to me, though. <laughs> I bet. He's the best. Like, his patients love him. Like, my and your chicklets are looking strong. They're good, right? Yeah. They're good. So, uh, but he fucks with me so much. Yeah. yeah. He, like, purposely, because he knows where the pain points are and oh, all yeah. that stuff. He's my older brother. He's always going to do that to me. Like, my wife, she, when she goes to him, he, she'll be like, wow, he's so good. Like, I never feel anything. <laughs> And I'm like, he's the worst. What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, I do it to you only. Yeah. He probably loves hearing. That's such yeah. big brother attention. Yeah. It's always going to be that case, mm-hmm. right? All right. So uh, let's do this. We're going to get this started. Chance McLean is here, one of my brothers. Uh, gosh, our history goes back so many years. We go back a bit. Go back a, a, a long bit. 2004, yeah. four, five, four, five, around yeah. there is when yeah. I, uh, I'll tell you a story how we met real quickly. Uh, actually, let's do this. I'm going to hold that story because I want to get the live video up. Why don't you tell everybody your background real quickly? My background? Like yeah. pre-meeting Give you? me like a resume. Yeah. Oh, Almost God. like a resume because I want to set up this video. So okay. I'm going to do this. All right. You do that. All right. Now I'm going to feel like I'm talking to nobody. Yeah. So I, uh, I went to Spring High School and graduated, and I was one of the smart kids, and went to the University of Texas on an athletic uh, – not an athletic. That's funny. An academic scholarship. <laughs> And um, I failed out. So my first semester, I made a 0.8. And my second semester, I made a 0.0. And they said, you're no longer welcome here. So I left and I went back to Houston. I'm just going to talk until Raheel's back. And uh, ended up, found my ass at uh, Stephen F. Austin, somehow back in college. And met my uh, met a chick that I fell in love with. She said, you're jacked up, too irresponsible. Um so I said, well, if I enlist in the Army, then I'll be responsible. And she said, you enlist in the Army, we'll get married. And so I served as a light infantry medic from 94 to 97 and got out, started doing a bunch of different sales Where did you jobs. go, by the way? Where did you serve? Fort Lewis, Washington. I never or, served you overseas. Never, you never no. went overseas. No, I had it was the, a peaceful time. I, it was, but, but we were technically still in Persian 1. So I got the, the patch that says I went, but I never did. So. Yeah. So, so I like, feel who like are it's you trading fate. over there. No, I didn't ever want to. No, I did. I, I was attached to the Third Ranger Battalion, and okay. so that was good because I really got to do medical stuff because those dudes fucking trained hard yeah. and got hurt a lot, and so I got to do sprained ankles and black widow bites. Did you ever wanted to like go into medicine full time? Oh yeah, I, I, there was a time when I was like, because academics were always they were always pretty easy for me, and in medicine it's just a bunch of academics. It's just memorizing yeah. shit. So. I, I thought for a while that's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but then decided that that wasn't what I wanted to do. I don't know what changed in me. I, I think I was always too much of a, a showman. Like I wanted to, I wanted to hold court. You right? want to create. I want to make shit. Yeah. yeah. And so left that. Went into a bunch of sales jobs. Had always been plunking around on guitar and piano. Yeah. Um, never with very much skill, but I enjoyed it, so I kept at it, and did the did a song for Matt Bullard that played for John and Lance back in the day and Rockets heard it they liked it so they would play it when he drained threes and mm-hmm. then a few years later I did the Yao Ming song which that was a much bigger deal um, because they Yao was such a sensation Hall of Famer Yao Ming Hall of Famer Yao Ming you're right um, was such a sensation that they would 
you know, they'd play it every time he'd do anything amazing. Um, and, and they ended up, it was on David Letterman's show. It was on Sports Center. You went viral before. I went viral, viral before things yeah. went viral. Yeah, yeah, like viral wasn't a thing back then. Right. But you went viral. I did. And yeah. that was, so that was cool. Um, and I decided I'm going to go be a musician. So I quit. I had a really good sales job working yeah. for, an, for an oil field company. And uh, fell fell flat on my face, just hardcore. Um, had to sell my house and live off the live off that for a little bit, and ended up getting hired at Sports Radio Six Ten as a creative dude because of the Yao Ming song. Yeah. And it was uh, Lance and John that pushed hard for that because I was a contributor to their show just as a listener. You know, you've got your regular listeners. I yeah. Was, I I just I kept churning out content and having fun with it, and ended up getting hired in there and and took to it like a duck in water. Really enjoyed. Uh, my time at at Infinity Radio and then CBS Radio and then we launched we, we brains got together and fifteen sixty happened and came over here as a program director had a blast with that for mm-hmm. a good while um, and started messing with video about the same time I was doing uh, fifteen sixty stuff just again just kind of as a hobby and fell in love with it got fired from here for not wanting to play not wanting to swim. <laughs> I yeah, wanted to swim in the same swim stream the curves, as the rest yeah. of the guys, so um, but yeah, no hard feelings. Left in left in good spirits from Mr. Gao and from John and you, everybody. We were yeah. all every, everything was cool. Uh, but I started my video company and have been steadily growing my company and Texas fun. Chance Productions, by Texas the way. Chance. And now you're doing okay. You're doing all right. Life's good. Life is good. Um, so there's a lot of different things to to hit on, and we're going to be focusing on a lot of different things in regards to. Taking that risk, doing something that mm-hmm. you know, look, you didn't go to school for video production. You mm-hmm. didn't you didn't go to school for journalism. You didn't go to school for sports radio. Like that it's just that's where life took you and that's where you wanted to go. Honestly, that you you were driving your own car at that point. Um but I want to start with so I have a story how we first met. I was a uh, I was a student at UT and I wanted to be in sports radio. I just knew that like that's what I wanted to do. I tried TV and I was like, TV blows. I don't want to do it because you're only on for like a minute and a half. And I'm like you. I just want to. I want to create. I want to entertain people. I want to do certain things. I want to. We both love the fame, like what comes from creating yeah. and the laughter and all that good stuff. So I wanted to do whether that. it's a small audience or big. Yeah. I like. I'm happy playing guitar for four people, and I'm happy singing at half court for 300 million. Yeah, it's a good feeling. It's, it's a cool. good like some people just have like some people. My brother wants to help people through dentistry, and he gets a. Good, it feels good for him. Yep. He doesn't like going in front of people and talking and entertaining. That's not a good feel. For us, it is. Yeah. Uh, so then I emailed Jeremy Foster at the time who was doing updates. Jay Fizzle. Jay Fizzle with John and Lance. He was kind of like the uh, – he was the guy that was getting beat down by John and Lance every morning. He and was the foil it, of the show. Yeah, he was awesome. Jeremy oh, Foster, the great. nicest guy in the world. I mean, reverend. Like, he is like – now isn't he a legit he's reverend? He's like doing stuff with he's church. He's something yeah. doing with church, right? So I just e- – I, I went down the Sports Radio 610 website, and I was like, man, who's the coolest fucking dude on the website? Oh, Jeremy Foster, I know him. So I just emailed him. I go, hey, man, I'm from Houston. I want to intern with you guys. What do I do? And then he sent my info to you. Yep. We got in touch. You set me up with an internship, and I, it just took off from there. Yeah, we were, were friends quickly. And yeah. I, I remember thinking at the time, um, yeah, it was about it was about three years after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And here's here's this Pakistani kid at UT with all, all, the, you know, all the credentials were perfect mm-hmm. and this weird-ass last name. But I was like, Let's meet this cat. 
and you came in, and he was the most, I mean, audience out there, the most enthusiastic young man I have ever met with this look in his eyes of, I just want to help, and I just want to learn. And and it was yeah. instant. It was, this dude is part of the crew. And that's why you I, were. And I met you, and I was like, this guy's going to teach me. <laughs> and this guy's going to throw me in the fire, and I love that. I, I love that. Mostly out of laziness. I don't want to set this shit Yeah. Up. Hey, Raheel. I would set up broadcasts as an intern at like 4. In the, I was getting up at 3.30 in the yeah. morning for the a month straight. Getting to just, I just wanted to be next to John Lance because mm-hmm. I was like, John Lance, that's the coolest show. And I was like, yeah, I'll go set up. I don't give a shit. I'll go at 3.30, get to bubble And then, of course, John, hey, you know, here hey. you are with wet behind the ears and <laughs> yeah. Granado's bringing you on the air. It was the best feeling I can ever. just imagine you going back to the log and listening to yourself and stuff. Oh, my God. You know what? I should find them. I think I have them somewhere. Oh, that would be great. Uh, so then that's how we met. We just hit it off, and we just knew, like, it was going to be cool. We stayed in touch. I kept sending you my podcast from the Longhorn oh, Roundup. Oh, the Roundup, yeah. The KBRX show on uh, – and we were talking about that. Podcasts recently have exploded, and like now Joe Rogan, oh, yeah. uh, InfoWars, all these guys, Alex Jones, they'll average 50, 60 million a month, you know, like more than cable network TV channel, all that stuff. Back then, it was just it was just like a way to share audio pretty much. Yeah. It was, that was it. Like, yeah, totally. Were, I was always um, hesitant on podcasts. And I, I've been a consumer since probably 2003 because mm-hmm. I, I, I love the audio medium. I yeah. completely do. But I love the live. It's why I, I steered more towards sports than news. And st- I wanted, you know, three days later, sports don't matter. Yeah. You, you've moved on. But right now it matters. And, I, and, and even back in 0405 when I got into it, I was, pushing, I was pushing for streaming. And CBS or Infinity was like, there's no way we're streaming. It's all about terrestrial. It's all about the signal. Yeah. Um, and and I, I felt like, dude, don't y'all see where this crap's going? Uh, we should be online. So I set up, before I even worked there, there was a, a website called live365.com. Shit, I remember, remember Live365, yeah. I went through and somehow got to be a broadcaster. And, I, and, and because where I was working for the oil company, I was outside of 610's terrestrial signal. So I set up a Live365 link from my home, and it was literally um, a radio sitting in my, win- in my window with a mini out and mini in to like an old fucking... Windows XP computer, no and I set up a broadcast, and then I could listen to John and Lance at work. And then I told LZ about it, and he's like, dude, my dad would love this. So I was like, oh, yeah, anybody can listen here. And I sent it to him, and then he's like, hey, can I send this to a few other buddies? And Granado heard about it. Hey, my mom would like to listen to this. Yeah, of course. It's real easy. All they do is click this link. Yeah. So here's this link. And so we, I had been doing it for about a year and I ended up getting a cease and desist from Infinity because no we got up to where we had like 500 people a day listening, oh which God. is still good numbers. I yeah, mean, like still today, 500 today would be good. it's yeah, a lot. 500 back then, it was the literally was still a baby. It was I mean, a ba- you had to have high speed, and everybody was yeah. on dial up. You had, but man, we we got them. And and did you and, have to have everyone's internet? I did, you, you dude. Internet? I'm so old school internet. I was chance at AOL. Yeah, think Damn. about that. Yeah, I was on. I was you, had, you were first. Yeah, it's it's crazy how fast it changed too. And at, at fifteen sixty, I think we were, we were kind of at that point where in sports radio and in I think the internet in general, where YouTube is it's online. People are sharing videos. I was remember I remember sharing videos in college and shooting off a digital camera and putting oh, it up totally. and like doing sketches and stuff, right? And you're putting it up on YouTube, but nobody was on YouTube at that point. No, but we were at that point where like the streaming actually ma- like you better have a stream because the totally. the storm is coming. 
and you can't get left behind in this. A lot of stations did get left behind, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. They didn't dedicate to streaming. We did at 1560. The, the streaming, actual, the chat. The, the chat, we, the video. Think about this. In 2008, we were doing chat rooms, mm-hmm. uh, active chat, content-driven chat. We were doing video streaming. We were doing audio streaming, of course. Yeah. We were encouraging blogs. We got everyone set up on Twitter uh, by 09. Yeah. Um, everybody had Facebooks. We had fa- yeah. We were doing that crap back then because that's where everything was leaning that way. It was so obvious that that it's mm-hmm. it's about to topple. It, that's where it's going. So let's let's be there when it gets there. Yeah, we we were using email at that point, but then like now, dude, we don't. You know what we use? Twitter. Twitter. That's it. We don't we don't check emails. We don't check text mess. I don't. I know some shows still lean on text messages because it's a quick way to get in touch with the the host and all that. No, if you're not on Twitter, I'm sorry, man. I know there's there's some uh, there's some places out there that still use text heavily. Some radio stations here in town yeah. that it's all set up set up through a star plus five digit code. Mm-hmm. Um, six ten does it. I mean, yeah. say I set that it. up, and it is crazy expensive and horribly inefficient. Yeah, but when you have a big company, that's what you're like. Well, this we yeah. know it will never break. We know, so you stick with it, but. Man, Dude. if I was running, I would say, guys, Google. I'd get a Google phone number, ex- and this is the company. Here's the code. You make a badass Google phone number and just That's go it. with it. Yeah. Uh, do you use Google Phone still? I don't. Mine expired like in the last week or two. <laughs> mine, mine expired last year. And like, do you want to renew it? I was like, I don't I even know what it, it is. I still anymore. have your number in my phone. The I Google gotta, Phone number. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Google Phone. You and I would something? like. You and I would freak out. We were Google, Google fags. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I still am. I know. I am too. I'm still holding on to Android because of Google. Oh, not me. So I, I picked up my uncle's iPhone the other day and I said, wait, I can set up all my Google contacts, Gmail, photos, backup, everything. Pretty much the whole Android experience can be on my iPhone through these Google apps. And he goes, yeah, you set them up for me. And I was like, I did? What? <laughs> Uh, of course, you're Pakistani. Yeah, of course. But he's Pakistani too. It should oh, be in his blood. He should, he should <laughs> know that. In his blood. Uh, so I'm like, finally, I'm, I'm having a serious conversation about getting an iPhone. Man, I, I just man, the camera is so much better. I bought I in. I bought into camera. the ecosystem of Apple at the first iPhone. Yeah. And I and I was so again hesitant to to do that, but I said, you know, screw it. They tend mm-hmm. to do things right. I'm I'm in. And I I now have, I have so many. Fucking, I have I everything's and and it's, it's but I'm not a fanboy. I'm just you just like the product. I That's it. Do, yeah, and I just and and I'm in. I'm invested. I like, I like using both. I like yeah, using I can both. see that. I like I like the Mac. Yeah, I like the MacBook. My uh, 010, uh, my 2010 MacBook. Yeah, it crashed. I don't care. Yeah, screw the, that, the live video's done. We're just you're gonna have to consume it's, it's, a podcast. It was a good run. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening on the podcast now. Um, yeah, I like using both, man. Uh, you know, uh, the fandom is a weird thing about products, about teams and stuff. Where you have to be exclusive to one thing when you can easily just be like, I like both. Yeah, forever. Like both. Forever with audio and video, I kind of I kind of rode both sides. I, I was PC because I'd been PC in the corporate world forever. Mm-hmm. But everybody in the in the theater world and everybody in the video world, it's all Macs. And so I knew I had to transition at some point. And it was a painful transition. And what made what made it a lot easier, I feel like, is overpaying for that first Mac because yeah. they used to be cray expensive, right? Really crazy. Yeah. So, but I needed to do that to to enter this community of of other collaborators and stuff. And so I, you know, I did. I, I paid, overpaid for a computer and then forced myself to learn it because it's what I had to use. Mm-hmm. Now the prices have calmed down. They're, they're very, 
they're reasonable. Yeah. They're, and they're still, I feel like they're worth it. So. And they're a little bit more expensive, but once you buy that first one, like a MacBook, I again, it's been seven years since I bought this computer. I just upgraded the memory, and it works I just know. as great mm-hmm. as a, like it's just fine, right? Because it's a quality product. You know what? I don't get on here viruses no, and stuff. No, and I go and I go to the shadiest parts of the internet. <laughs> okay, like I love browsing the shady parts of the internet. Right. You and I both like love that totally. shit, right? Totally. And it's been okay. You know, like you overpay for it, but it works out being okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good product. Um, so and that this goes back to video production. Now you brought it up. Like you entered this community, and you're a great example of somebody that had a successful career. You were dabbling in something on your side time that was also helping the business because 1560, we did a lot of video stuff. You did yeah. a lot of video production, you and Frank Bullington. And you can find all these, by the way, on YouTube still. Look up Chance McLean. You'll find all our old stuff. Um, you start dabbling in this. You're like, holy shit, this is fun. I like this. This is a cool medium. At what point did it turn into going from this is fun, this is nice, this is a hobby into, man, maybe I can make a career out of this? So in... Um it would be when we made horrible turn. I my kids at the time were into musical theater. You know, every kid gets into something. Both of my kids got into musical theater stuff. And uh and so I wrote a script for a musical, because I could always write music and stuff. So I wrote the script for the musical and we were gonna do it on stage, and then I don't know why, I just kind of decided, let's film it. It can't be that bad. So we started studying. I brought in Frank, I brought in my buddy Kevin, and we uh we shot this movie, and it was an hour-long, full-on movie. And it, it through the process of making that and then getting some awards, and it actually did pretty well. Not not money. I didn't make a – I lost 30 grand. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got the attention I so craved. And, but we did that, and, and I realized, holy crap, this is, this is fun. This isn't just fun, but it's challenging. It's stimulating. Yeah. Um, and then I had all this gear that we had bought, so – I reached out to some of my radio friends and said, hey, can we shoot some crap for you? I didn't know what to charge. First thing I did, ironically, was one of your previous guests, um, was a TV spot for Bullritos. Really? And the spot is still out there on YouTube, and it's, it's, it's a great commercial. It's really, really, and we charged $900. Get out of here. I, yeah, and, and because I literally didn't know what to charge. I was yeah. like, well, it took us a day to shoot. There's three of us. What about 100 bucks a day? Um, took us a couple days to edit. I don't know. Thousand bucks, like a thousand. I was like nine hundred. <laughs> and there, and, and by the way, that was Russell Ibarra. Who it who was? Thought, it was yeah. somebody else. It was one. It yeah. was one of his franchisees. But he he brought the brand yeah. here, and uh, and so yeah, that was the first thing I ever did where somebody gave me money for a video, and I was like, because I still had, I was still working, and I was like, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. So I yeah I started doing more and more and more in video for fun and for side go- side jobs, and uh, and it ended up really taking over. My you, attention. Do you think it would have turned into the company that it is now and you just you have to do it if you hadn't gotten fired from 1560? Wow, that's a good question. I I was leaving 1560 either either way. Um I at the time our philosophies had separated big yeah. time. And I was I was brought in and said you need to either get on board or or move along. And I said, I'm not getting on board with this. And so a week later, Mr. Gal calls me and he goes, okay, you're moving along now. Yeah. I was like, shit. <laughs> I really misplayed my hand. But you got a severance package, hopefully. Right? Yeah. Fire, I got, I got, yeah. It's better than walking months. out and not getting Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But I found myself out there with no real marketable skills, no degree, 
No, I, you know, I'd burned every bridge I ever crossed, mm-hmm. um, and didn't know what I was going to do. And it was it that was the dark ages, mm-hmm. <laughs> the dark times. I didn't know what I was going to do, um, but I kind of pieced together what little I knew of of proper video production and knew I needed to learn more. So I set to learning more immediately. Anything I could pick up, anything I could gather, um, all through YouTube videos, through podcasts, yeah. um, in proper video production. Not not Joe Blow with a camera, but how, do, how does Hollywood do this crap? I, I want to make a company. And, uh, and I started learning and learning and learning. And then I don't even remember when, somewhere along the line, I ended up getting picked up as a producer with the Laura and John Arnold Foundation, which is, you know, John Arnold's a, a b- local billionaire guy who signed on to Bill Gates' pledge to give away all of his money. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways he was doing it was with this big video project. And through friends and and uh, acquaintances, I get brought on, and I'm a producer on it. And so over the course of 18 months, I was a producer on almost 800 videos. Shit. And that means two a day, nonstop, boom, boom, boom. I'm meeting people that are not performers who are being asked to talk about their company for a couple, two or three hours, and then that would get condensed down to a three or four minute video. And it never stopped. It was it was the rote work that I'd never done and never had, and it never really got old. Yeah. I, I went in my last day with the same enthusiasm as the first, and that was, this person is not a video person, they're not an actor, and they gotta, they gotta sell their fucking nonprofit that 80% are full of shit, but mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> the, so I did that time, and, and, and throughout the course of this time, I was surrounded by the best video people in Houston, um, the, the the cameramen that are the camera guys for when Monday Night Football comes to Houston. This is the guys on the big. These wow. are the best cameramen, the best editors, the best everything. And at lunch, I would go pick an editor. Let's go eat, and we'd sit down and we'd BS for twenty minutes, and then we would, I would ask him questions about, hey, editing. What do you do? Why do you do this? Why did you choose this? And that went on for like like I said over over a year, and left that project with a really good. Um, foundation of mm-hmm. I think I know the proper way to make a video like in general like there's certain framing there's certain lighting there's certain sound all this crap I, ha- I felt like I had a grasp on what to do then I went and started going to and I was still getting little side jobs here and there so I was able to make a little scratch and I and I went to a couple different seminars one in LA one came to Houston and I went to and I'd pay to go to these I'm going to go trust this expert. And that, that, was, that was hard for me because I was so cynical. I felt like anybody that's out there teaching it, if you're teaching it, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. You're full of crap. But I was like, I need to just eliminate that, that cynicism from myself and just trust that this cat knows what he's doing. And I did. And I learned very, very, it's so boring, but proper, like 1940s and then into color in the 50s. Here's what we expect to see when we see something on screen. And then... I have my company, and I, I, I mix my unique approach to the world, which is pretty much humor-based and, yeah. and silly, um, with very old-school foundational video um, video product, and I'm making it, dude. Yeah. I'm jamming. You know, it's so important. Like, if you would have opted to go back to school, and I, I truly believe in this, there is a right place and a right time. Like, okay, I'm going to go to school for this. But then there's also a... I'm just going to learn on the fly. I'm going to learn from the people that already know this. And that's the best experience you can get. Like, I learned more from you uh, as an intern than I did in any of my classes. It's weird. It's uh, like that 
on like hands-on experience in the field, you're learning from somebody that's getting paid to do this, it's way more valuable. It now, really is. Like, it doesn't replace the technical, like you got to know the ins and outs and kind of, you know, pay your dues, going to school, and it, you have a. You, now you, I mean, uh, I'm convinced that uh, there, there's a. I think there's a. There's a happy balance. There, I think there is a. There, there is something there. Well, I think but, that's that's your reticent to you're reticent to say college is useless for our field. I would say it's useless. Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think that college is fantastic for turning a child into a young adult. Okay. I think it, it, it you're on your own. You're having to solve some of your own problems. And depending on the institution you're at, you're going to build a you're, you're going to build some peers that are going to be useful as you grow older. Yeah. I think your peers because you got involved with us with with the gang at 610 and that was kind of the place to be at the mm-hmm. time. I think that replaced what a lot of college graduates it's their it's their peers. Yeah. Think about Always Sunny. That was a bunch of guys that went to college together, failed out of college together, but said fuck it, we're just going to start making stuff. Yeah. Right? And they did it on their own. And that was that community. Well, I think a lot of people that go to college, whether it's in the entertainment world, sports journalism, any engineering, anything, um you build that community of people around you, and and you you see each other as you continue growing yeah. up. So I, I I'm not as down as college on college as most dropouts. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> think if if you need to do that. However, its main purpose in the entertainment world is is to to build a community of people. Because I never work, yeah. I never cared. I was mad at six ten. I was like, why do they have to be in college? If we want if we have people that are passionate about radio good god you got a 19 year old that's passionate about this dying medium bring their ass in and 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 if they they if their passion stays then you got a winner you got somebody that that's going to go on and do great things whether they do it with you or if they go on and and go with a competing station i've always loved that always if they if they leave us and go to television like nuno that's the biggest win in the world that hey he got his start here yeah you're you're right college for a creative medium, it's a weird thing. You're right. Like, the technical side for TV, radio. You, you can know, learn you, all that shit you in can a learn, quarter. You can learn that. Yeah, you can learn that so fast. Because I remember going, so I interned with you guys, and you you were the first one to teach me proper editing on Sony Vegas at the time. Right. And I used to edit, like, I, I remember editing when audition. I was in the eighth we grade, audition. ninth grade. Yeah, like, I downloaded a program from a chat room, and I was editing, making tracks on my own, and yeah. writing, like, I would write poetry. By the and, way. And, like, record that, right? It's the fact that you did that in eighth grade, mm-hmm. that you found something as a young man that you're like, I don't, you're all by yourself, little little bitty Raheel, mm-hmm. sitting there by himself with his, uh, with his little, whatever the hell computer. Compact. It was a little compact, compact yeah. yeah. You're sitting there, and your own volition led you to find this mm-hmm. software and program and play with it. Find me that little eighth grader, and you continue planting little seeds in him, and he's your future badass. Yeah. And I right. believe that. You're right. Um, and, like, I learned from you. And then when I got to my radio editing class, like actual news radio, <laughs> I was, like, I was flying through these assignments. And it got to that point, like, this is what happens when some people excel, and they already kind of know what to do. Like, I got bored. Oh yeah, and my professor was like, "What's You're like, wrong? dude, I'm, I'm already like, doing shit in the fourth biggest I'm city like, in the country. Dude, it's not even that. Like, I would put these stories together. You know, like she was like, "Okay, hey, we have three weeks to do this," and I'd go do this in like an hour. Like seriously, it would be that oh, fast. And I was like, "Fuck, am I?" It's like, "Am I wasting money here?" And uh, you reached out to me my senior year, going into my senior year, and you're like, uh, "Any chance you're gonna move back home?" Or yeah, you I come? had dude. As soon as fifteen sixty yeah. started happening. 
had two people in mind. I had you and I had Nuno. Yeah. And Nuno, um, John McClain, the general, had had put us in touch, and he, he's like, I just think these two guys are going to get along. <laughs> and so he, he put us together you know, at a dinner or something, and sure enough, he was a young buck. He was just awesome. Yeah. Nuno is so special. And we got, we got along really, really well. And I had him filed away because I wanted young, aggressive, on their own, people that without me are going to be successful. Yeah. And I wanted these guys. You were the first two. And then we, we, were, we were lacking um, a, a, some talent. And so I called Sean, and I was like, because of the smack-off, he and I had a relationship. Yeah. Sean Pendergast. Sean Pendergast. Yeah. And, and it, I called him, like, literally on the day he found out that he was getting downsized. Get out of here. And so I'm like, I need to know if you know anybody out there that, that can audition and can talk with us. And poor Sean was like, um, I might know a guy. <laughs> I might know this one dude who's, you know, and he goes on. He's like, oh, he, he's won like five smack offs. Oh, I'm like, dude, did you get whacked? Because <laughs> he had a really successful job at that time, mm-hmm. I believe. Like he was, he was killing it. Yeah, yeah, he was right? doing but well. Then his company just downsized. Yeah, which happens. yeah, yeah. He, that happened. Uh, and then John Harris was at the time like he would call in weekly. He would to, call in weekly to Lance and yeah. and LZ um, identified him as he. He's like, I believe that he's a person. Lance's belief was, he's a person that you can put a microphone in front of him and say, you have to fill an hour, talk sports. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't even think. He'd be like, okay, man, the Rockets just coming off a big big win last night. Yeah. Well, you know, the Astros winning in 13th. And next thing you know, an hour has gone by, and you're really into the granular aspects of what happened last night. Mm-hmm. And so those two guys were very natural fits. Yeah, that was a, it's a cool thing, since we're on the, the topic now, like to look at the alumni from 1560 and where they have. We're killing it, dude. I mean, dude, think about this. A guy that was in, where was he, South Carolina at the time, Harris? Yeah, he was in one of those. One of those Carolina, one of those back, you know, one of those yeah, back of states, those. you know, where they people can't pee anywhere they want. Right. Um, and now he's at 1560, he works his way up. All of a sudden, holy shit, you are the sideline reporter for an NFL team. No, and beyond that, he's... Beyond, and like you are... Everywhere on this, like the website, you're and, doing and talk talks with it. the coach. He's so good. Yeah, hardest working dude, man. Sean is a a drive time host on the biggest on station, the legacy station on the legacy station here in town. Yeah, with Rich Lord and Ted Johnson. Like, yeah. what? Holy crap! Okay, so those are the those are two wins from that show. Lance still doing his thing still on seven ninety show at seven ninety. Granado's on ESPN with me. Which yep. is the, one of the craziest it's things. So like, great. It's so awesome. Nothing has made me more happy. I remember when you were talking about coming over here, and you're, you've always been such a good friend, and you, your heart was already, you're doing this, but you felt compelled to say, hey, Chance, I have this opportunity. What do you think? Yeah. They fired you. What do you think? And I thought that was so classy of you. And I was like, dude, t- dude it, talk it, to it, me about your current job. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the same thing you think. Fucking go. <laughs> dude, everyone, I, I reached out to like five of my, like, Five people I trust, mentors, and I was like, dude, here's the situation. And I had just taken a job a week ago at this new company. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, co- yeah, the, yeah, the right. college thing. So I was You at, talked to me about that job, too. So here's 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 my time. So I leave 1560 because I wanted to work in social media. I, it was like kind of like you in video production. I was like, holy shit, social media is the next big thing. Yeah. I think I can get paid doing this. I think I can get paid to spend time on Twitter for a company. <laughs> and sure enough, I applied. And, and here's the thing. If you're at a job you hate— don't leave your job. I, keep, exactly I say this every episode. Right. Don't leave your job. Get paid to search for your next job. And beyond that, be excellent where you are. Mm-hmm. Even if you 
fucking hate it. No, be excellent at it. Yeah. So that there's never any. If you're just excellent where you are, you, you, there's lots of hours in a day. That company will help you. It will. Yeah, for the, sure. The company that you're at will help you if they like you. If you're slaying it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If you're slaying it, you can be slaying it and tell your boss, "Hey, this ain't for me. I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm mm -hmm. never my, my production's not going to go down." But help me. Yeah, this it's such an me. important lesson to learn because. So I leave 1560, and guess where I'm back? Right here at ESPN 975, which so is owned good. by Gal Media. I leave, and I work for a consumer media company, like a, an online referral company, pretty much online colleges, and they're just getting referrals to these big online colleges. I work with them. I have a great—I love that job. I absolutely love the job. I love my yeah. boss, Laura. Ping-pong in the office. Ping-pong in the office. <laughs> it was like the tech dream, right? Yeah. Like you're playing Nintendo 64—or, excuse me, uh, Wii— like I would stay at work till eight o'clock, and I didn't care because I was yeah. having so much fun. We're throwing ideas off. That was like the most important job for me because that gave me a chance to get the hell away from sports and really explore other topics I was interested in. I was like, shit, I love space. You know what I did for three straight weeks? I would watch space documentaries and read space. <laughs> I still books. do that every night. Right? Like it, it's it gave it gave me a chance because my whole life was sports, sports, sports. Astros. At no one gives a fuck about box scores after the second day, right? Right. So that was a great job for me. But then I leave that. I get I I get I'm part of downsizing. You know, the whole department's fired, and then I go to Landry's. Love Landry's, hang out with them. A great, I love the people great there. Group. And you know how Landry's helped me out? Now they're one of my biggest clients on air at ESPN yeah. 75. Like, so it always comes And back. beyond that, I think you learned because you certainly didn't learn corporate structure from me. Oh, no. At Landry's, you did. Oh, You, you shit, learned yeah. middle management, you learned all that stuff, and they've got it down to an art. They actually have. They actually have that whole middle management crap down to where it is efficient. Mm -hmm. They are good at it. Yeah. Um, they're one of my, you, you helped me get them as a client and I, I do yeah. lots of video work for them. I, I love those guys. The, um, but that's what you learned there. So you come back to here. Now Gal Media has grown a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're probably pretty comfortable. Oh, I know how to, you still feel free here. I still free, feel free here, but I understand that the end goal here isn't what 1560 was. Where we're just a bunch of guys hanging out. Yeah, now let's it's, party. A, it's a company. Yeah. Like Gal Media is a huge company now in terms yeah. of. You know, you got Culture Map, ESPN, fifteen sixty, SB Nation Radio. You've got so many different personalities, and now I understand. Yeah, like the personality issue. Like back then, it was we were all we were all brothers. We were all bros. We can all talk shit to each other. We yeah. can do the locker room stuff all the time. If you upset me, I wouldn't hold it against you. Or if I didn't like that guy, I would just go be like, dude, what, what was that about? You yeah. can, but you can't do that in a corporate environment. It's tough. It's hard to do that in a corporate environment. So I learned that, and now. Like I know how to I know how to manage personalities and just interact with different people. It's so Landry's was the best thing for me. And what I is, also value what I have here now more. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like what is so, your goal? You're, here you are hosting a midday show, kicking butt at it, dude. What I don't do you know. Do? This is the first time in my life where I don't have something I'm chasing for. Every job I've ever taken, two weeks in, this is my problem. I'll be like, man, I want to do this instead. Mm -hmm. I just there's always something that fascinates me, but I'm so happy right now. It's a it's a it's a crazy That's thing. Great, like man. I'm, ha I love working with Granado. I oh, absolutely yeah. love it. He's the best. He like I just enjoy it. The time flies by. I, I you know what doesn't exist in my world? Monday mornings. I'm yeah. just like fuck work. Hell yeah, let's go. Let's do this. Cool Sunday. Sundays are awesome. Sundays are like man, I get to talk to Granado and Dell about my weekend, and we're gonna shoot the shit. They're gonna make fun of me. I'm yeah. gonna make fun of them. Our listeners are awesome. They're gonna make fun of me. I'm gonna make fun of the listeners, and nobody's taking shit seriously. I just love that. I love that aspect of we're just having fun, just entertaining. Yeah. Like, don't take this. That's and the other thing I learned. It's like it's sports radio, guys. After being okay, so I was in sports radio for eight or nine, ten years, and all that crap got really serious. I, I had mornings where, based on the 
the performance of the night before of my team, it affected my mood the next day. Man. And so separating from sports radio, that's gone away. And then, like, political crap took over. Mm-hmm. And then the what happened yesterday in politics would affect my mood the next day. And and the, the older I get and, and the more I'm involved with my company and trying to grow my company and trying to do better work and trying to learn more about video production, just freaking cameras and light, all this crap, the more, the more I see how kind of dumb all of that was. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not talking bad. Trust me, I've been there. Sports were my world. And I still, I still last night I was geeking out. Yeah. Come on. That still was amazing. Sports. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. I still follow it. But I'm not, I'm not as invested with my core as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm healthier because of it. Yeah. There, I, I'm like that too. I, I'm a sports radio host. But I, <laughs> You're probably I, into it. <laughs> I'm not that into it though. You know what I did last night? I was watching the Astros game. My wife was like, hey, let's watch Iron Fist. I was like, all right. You know why? Because I, I know I can watch a condensed game on the MLB at bat app, yeah, it's which is the great. greatest it's app ever. Pretty great. And T-Mobile gives it for free. So thank you, T-Mobile, to the T-Mobile customers. I love them. So I got my, you know, so I watched the morning. You know how I watched it? While well, I was taking a dump. That's good. I caught up on the whole game. And then we ended up, like, after finishing an episode, my wife was like, hey, let's see what happened with the Astros. She likes this team for whatever reason. Oh, because they're young they're, and fun. They're so much fun, right? So we ended up finishing, like, a little bit. Then we fell asleep. We're, like, Davinsky, after his first inning, like, oh, we're done. And I didn't feel bad. You know why? Because I know I'm going to watch it later. We're going to talk about it. It's great. Cool. Yeah. But I don't obsess over it's a it either. Good, I hope that you're still diving into, or delving, whichever, into that side of you that I always liked that was fearless in the locker room and you'd make mm-hmm. relationships that were way more, the, the, the character in the clubhouse or the locker room mm-hmm. is more important than his, his production on the field. And you would find those Wesley Wrights. You would find those guys yeah. that maybe maybe they weren't, you know, they weren't statistical freaks, but they were interesting. Yeah. David Anderson was interesting. Yeah. And you would create bonds and friendships with these guys, and they'd become characters on the air. I hope you're still doing that. I'm not as much. See, you that, need to. and that, that's the one thing I do regret. Not, if I was your PD, because, you'd be doing that. I know, but here's the problem. The, the problem is, and this is more of an excuse, and this is what happens as you get older when you have a kid is, okay, I'm hosting the show. I try to maintain relationships with people, and that's great. I just can't be at the ballpark every night like I was when I was single. And I'd like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going. I can't wait. You know, I have no commitments. I'm going to go. I'm going to go form these relationships. And now, just the older we heal. I'll program direct your ass. Here's what I would do. I would say, what is it? It's April 6th. Mm-hmm. I would say, tell, tell now, four weeks out, tell Nishma that, hey, from May, from Cinco de Mayo until June 1st, I'm going to go to every home game. Mm-hmm. Every home Astros game, and there's going to be 12 of them, yeah. something like that. And it's going to be like, a fuck, dude, it's a four-day Friday through Monday. But yeah. you're going to go. Your natural personality, your natural wada V is going to stand out, and those dudes in the locker room are going to yeah. gravitate to you, and you're going to make a relationship. And by July, you're going to have a guest of the best personality on that team, and he may not be a starting pitcher, and he may not be a – you know, he may yeah. not be – the the stud at yeah you know whatever the position player, that's what I would do. But you tell your wife now, hey honey, in a month, yeah. and then she can mentally prepare for okay. There's going to be twelve nights yeah. when he's going to be out until eleven thirty, and he's going to be a little groggy in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and you're going to do it. And then by the way, four days in, you're going to be on the air with, with Granado. You're like, oh my god, dude, I was hanging out with Marvin, Marwin last night. Yeah, dude's cool. What do you mean it's going to be? Yeah, you have that talk. Yeah, and the other thing, it's not, you know, 
Nishma's always been supportive. She's like, do oh, what yeah. you want, and that's great. And that, and I, I think you have to have a wife that understands you. You're going to be out. Like, I don't miss the Texans game. I'm always there. Uh, the other thing is, just me personally, I'm like, okay, I can be more efficient with my time. I want to spend four hours at the ballpark or when I can watch this game, and I'm going to you know, hopefully interview a guy. They'll, they'll schedule something. And in that time where I can finish a game in 45 minutes, that gives me three hours. Now I'm focusing on reading this book I wanted to or watch this documentary. And I'm like, it's, it's a... And I used to kill people when I was younger about, oh, fuck, that guy's never in the locker room. That yeah. guy blows. He has a major market. Now you get it. Now I'm the guy. You know, because like, I want to spend time doing well, this. Well, I it's would so say crazy, different than you know? like if, if you take Rich Lord, who's never been much of a of a locker room hound. Yeah. <laughs> right? Much of anything. Yeah. yeah, he's never been much of a locker room hound. Um, and I would say that about him. I was like, dude, you need to get out there and see the guys. I wouldn't say that for you. I would yeah. say it because of your unique personality, Do it. because yeah. of the uniqueness of Rahil. That's why that person should be in there, mm-hmm. not because it's your duty as a sports guy to be in there. Yeah. It's because of what you. And Nuno's the same way. And by the way, he's still he's still there. He's still man. doing it, and Nuno's he's got the these he's fist bumping dudes. That's he's, not he's that's he's a boys with them, man. Yeah, and, and that's, that's not the, something that happens. That, yeah, that's because and like some people kill him for that. Some people kill like you're not supposed to be friends with the people you cover. Dude, that bullshit old school journalism that is so mentality 80s. is so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop. Like, Berman, you're, like, you're acting like we're robots. Mer, uh, Mark Berman may be the most prodigious Houston sports per- personality there is, yeah. right? He ain't fist bumping the dudes. No, but he's N- cool with them. He's cool, but but there's there's not a friendship. Yeah. And you and Nuno. I wanted would... to form friendships. You know why? Because we're all humans. Dude, who did you bring up to a blue light show? Uh, I don't remember. Or you had him call in. I probably had. I think had it was somebody, like David it was a, Anderson or Owen no, Daniels. Probably somebody calling. No, no, no. It was a. It was a uh, Astros player. Spoke Spanish. Uh, Cruz. That's the only one I can think of. Maybe it was Nuno. Y'all had Maybe him call into a blue light show, and that was unbelievable. And I talked to him in Spanish, and my yeah. Spanish is terrible, and it was the best radio ever. Jose Cruz. Uh, Jose Cruz Jr. Cruz. No, it wasn't him. I'll think of it in a second. Or I won't. And Dude, Cruz was the best. Yeah, he was He's cool. still around Bel Air, so I got to text him and just be like, come on up. Yeah, dude. He, he got let go. I was, it was a Friday. I met him in the locker room. I was, like, covering the games, and he was, like, one of my good friends at this point. He's, like, giving me advice, and we're yeah. hanging out. He's like, man, what are you going to do with your life and stuff? He got cut the next day, mm. and I was at a remote in Conroe. What you going to do with your life, Cruz? Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Hey man, it's kind of weird. You were giving me advice yesterday. What are you gonna do next? <laughs> I it brought him on my morning show Saturday Golly. mornings in Conroe. It was at some fucking place in Conroe. What the hell? I don't remember. Like it's some lake lake properties or some shit. Yeah. Oh, people I remember. Were trying to, oh, I was so fucking pissed. And I was like, I'm going to Conroe after covering a game. All right, cool. Let's do it. And Cruz gets like, I was like, Cruz, you want to jump jump on the show? He goes, Absolutely. Talk about <laughs> you being let go. And we're talking. It's a good. It's just it's a like, good family a cool right dude. there. Um. Yeah. It, it's been fun. It's been cool. But yeah, I, like I'm getting stale in my like. I need to challenge myself more with what what I'm getting paid to do. Yeah, and I'm always like thinking about. Uh, I'm on a big business kick, especially Good. after talking to Russ. Oh, I texted you right after. I yeah, was like, man, Russell's... I want to manage people. I want to like have my own business. Yeah, I want to figure that. Well, out. you can do that inside of a company. Yeah, it's there doesn't have to be the entrepreneurial drive. There just has to be an understanding of you. Again, you take where you are. Mm-hmm. And be badass at it. And what can you do? You've got interns. You've got producers. All of which are there to serve you. They're they're there to to make the product better. And you and John are the product. Yeah. And so use it. Use them. Manage them. Say, yeah. here's what we need. Yeah, you're right. But man, I, after hearing Russ's story, like, fuck, 
fuck. That dude is. He makes me feel like such a loser. <laughs> he, man, he makes me feel like. I, man, he just makes me feel like I need to go do. I need to do something bigger and better. Yeah. Because he helps people with his blessings, right? Like he is blessed. He's worked his ass off. People around him have worked their asses off. Yeah. And then he's using that platform to help people. For real. Like I love. I want to be able to do. Like I wish I, if I. So, like when I. When I do make it, because I know I, I know somehow somewhere I'm gonna make it. I, like I just want to be a millionaire, right, and like be happy. Set. I'm just gonna go help people. Yep. That's what I want to do. I wanted I, one of my big things. I always think about this, and I just want to do this. Is when I can take time off. I just want to go down Westheimer and see, like, find people who need rides and just give them rides. Like, if I see you waiting at a bus stop, be like, hey, where are you going? Come on in, man. I want to go and get pick up all the homeless people I can find in Houston, and take them to like a buffet. And just let them just go wreck shop just go and wreck just shop. destroy it. I always think about how can we solve the homeless issue? Mm. Like how have we not, with all these all these tech startups, all these entrepreneurial people out there, and the, they got this spirit, this drive, how have we not solved? My brain goes to the darkest places. Like trying to figure that out <laughs> or what you would do with them. Well, no, I won't. Go. Yeah, it's probably not. <laughs> like, dude, we can do, there's virtual reality porn out there. <laughs> And we can't figure out how to solve the homeless issue. Yeah, I know. It's rough. Man. I don't know. It's, I wish we could figure that out. Um, so I'm speaking at a, uh, a senior lock-in for my, for my community, my mosque. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to get more involved with it again and, like, you know, give back. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I can totally. and spend more time. So I reached out. I was like, hey, man, I want to uh, be able to do some, you know, I want to talk to the youth. I want to, you know, inspire them a little bit. Um, so I'm speaking this Saturday at a senior lock-in. So it's all the seniors from from our mosque around the region. So San Antonio, Austin, everybody. Oh, cool. And they're all meeting up. They're going to do a senior lock-in at our at our mosque, and they're going to spend the night, and there's going to be activities for them, speeches. So I'm speaking to them about breaking the mold. Because in our community, um, I, we've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. my religion and community yeah. and all that stuff. Everyone's either a doctor, lawyer, uh, lawyer, businessman, you know, have your own small business. There's not many sports radio hosts. There's right. not, you know, there's a handful of TV journalists that are really successful and, and it's cool. But in the Houston area, there's not that many creative right. fields that people are pursuing. And we have a robust, healthy Muslim community. Yeah, very, uh, like a very cool Muslim community, right? And we all get along great. Yeah. As, in, despite what everyone said, like reports and shit, everyone's cool as Everybody's fucking cool as shit. Yeah, we're all, we're all tight. We are, we are what, we're the, Houston is the goal, dude. Yeah. We, we are. I know. Um. So I'm speaking at this, and, and the whole thing is about breaking the mold. Pursue a career or field that you're passionate about that is different, and it's okay to do it. What advice would you give to these kids? Well, okay, so the, the easiest thing to say is look in your heart and know what you want to do. Yeah, but I don't think bullshit. that's entirely true. Um, I would say look in your aptitudes. What are you naturally good at? Look at 8th grade Raheel yeah. found that software and got on and started dicking around with audio manipulation. That's what you got to find. You got to find that thing that you're naturally driven to mm-hmm. and then find a periphery to it. And it could be anything. You never know what it's going to be. Um, but yeah, find something that's 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 close to what it is that you naturally mm-hmm. your 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 natural things that you're naturally good at and, and not that you want to do or we'd all be video gamers. You know, we'd yeah. all be I'm going to be a professional <laughs> Grand Theft Auto player. But that's you can stupid. Be. It's not oh, I know you can, but that's stupid. Don't yeah. don't do that, kids. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's what I would I would say find your natural aptitudes. That's a good. Okay, I'll put those. that in. Because mine was like, okay, write three things that you're passionate about. Passion doesn't necessarily mean 
a career. But you're right. Like, find what you're kind of naturally good at also. Yeah, where that's do you good, click? Yeah. Where's it like, oh, I can do that. Yeah. That's and it's going to be broad. For some people, it's going to be, well, you know, I've kind of always been good at math. Well, then that's going to open up this this pie piece that says, okay, if you're kind of good at math. Yeah. Then you've got all these engineering things. You've got all the scientific yeah. community things. You've got the finance side of math. And so it opens up this this pie piece that's really, really wide. Mm-hmm. And then you just start walking down some of those, you know, walk down the scientific path, walk down the finance path and see what you're naturally, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going to put that in there and, and see what, yeah. you know, I think that's a good advice right there is just figure out like what the fuck. I'm going to use that example. About just me, like, dude, just dick around on computers. Yeah, you could have gone into music production. You could have gone into sports radio. You probably, in eighth grade, you were probably, let's see, your eighth grade, Oilers were gone. Oilers were gone. You're probably. The Rockets were Rockets are. I never liked the NFL. Barkley and Drexler, it was those. It was, yeah. So you were, like, going, dude, this. So you were probably watching a lot of of Rockets Rockets on 20 Vision. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 20 (laughs) Vision. And so you mix your audio appreciation and you're a sports fan and then you kind of drifted this way but you could have gone either way yeah but you need to open that open that piece of that that pie piece up and see everything that falls in there and walk down some of those lanes yeah you know that's a good yeah i'm gonna definitely use that example now fuck man bill warrell when i was younger dude he was the bomb i would man i would i, I don't think i missed many rockets game when i was growing up yeah. i would play basketball for like four hours in the driveway after school never do my homework because i didn't give a fuck about homework still my days <laughs> right I was all right. I was like a BC student in yeah. middle school, high school. It started clicking a little bit. It didn't click for me until college. Yeah. College, I think I got three Bs total. You just coasted. I, yeah, I remember your. I just. It, I never I, cared what, about grades, and I, I never looked. Yeah. You know, you you wrote up your your resume yeah. to get an internship, and I think you had like a three eight. I think that's what it said. Yeah. At the time when you, my first resume you saw it was a four Was it really? Okay, my first B it. was sophomore second semester sophomore year. In a fucking love and cultural class, like some <laughs> bullshit class we had to take, and oh, that cat, that class would kill right now. These oh kids. my god, I, I couldn't believe. I almost started crying, dude. Oh man, I almost started crying because uh, I remember sitting in the uh, the cafeteria with uh, with one of my best friends, and she she took the same class, and I was like, man, I know I'm just as smart as her. How did she get an A? And it comes down, I got a B, and. I had tears in my eyes yeah, because that was my first B because I, I wanted to be 4.0. Wow. I wanted no reason for a company to not select me in sports radio. Yeah, I, wa- I didn't want to leave any like, oh, you had a 3.8. Sorry, somebody with a 3.9 just yeah. beat you out. So That's smart. Right, like that's what I wanted. Man, I couldn't believe that first B. And then you were like, eh, no one cares. I don't really Guys, care. your experience is way more important. Your personality was driving. Yeah. You, you were – see, you lucked out because I was geeking out on podcasts at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, here's this kid that's coming and doing. I'm like, okay, this guy, he gets it. Yeah, yeah. I was saying you would listen to it too. I oh, like, I totally did. This is so did. awesome. Like, uh-huh. so, like this guy six ten is listening to me. Yeah. Uh, okay, for somebody that's now in a current job, somebody that maybe likes it, has been thinking about it, ha- kind of has a plan sure. ready, doesn't have a plan ready. They know they want to do something differently. And we've heard from people, uh, ranging from Adrian from Sneaker Summit, where he had a successful job as a buyer, a national buyer for. Uh, City Gear, which is one of the biggest, you know, mm-hmm. like one of the biggest stores in terms of urban apparel and all that. And he's like, man, this, I just want to do something. I want to, I want to have my own business. We've heard it from Russ where it's been in his, it's been in his, his family. The restaurant business has, and he took a chance on this property that was failed, not, yeah, five failed times. property. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to, you know what? Let's just try it. Why not? And it works. Mm-hmm. So we've heard all these different stories. 
Um, what advice would you have for somebody that's in a in a corporate job or in any job that you know they're okay with, but they're just not happy? There's Mondays for them. Yeah, you know, the whole thing is find something that there's not a Monday for you. Yeah, totally. Right? What advice would you I would give, give them you to pursuing that I did not take myself? Okay, and that is when you know if your passion is waning at the job you're at, and you have something else you want to do that you've identified. Um, I would say kick ass. We said this earlier. Kick ass at what you're doing. Be the best in the world at what you're doing. Focus mm-hmm. on where you are and make it, no matter how dead your soul is for it, going to, going to, um, if your passion is dead, then you already, you've mastered whatever you're doing. So be the master that you probably are mm-hmm. and kick ass at it. Be amazing. That, be amazing where you are while you focus on where you want to go. Yeah. And eventually those, those two lines are going to cross and it's going to make more sense for you to go do the other thing. Yeah. Whatever it is. But that's probably the advice you don't hear a lot, and that's super focus on where you're unhappy and make there no reason that 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 you failed there. Sure. I I won that battle. I was badass. I smoked it. I now need to move on to something else because that's where my heart lies. Yeah. But it's not it's not because I failed there. I yeah. killed there. And you can also get you know, money's always the big thing. Money, as much as people say money's not an issue, it is an issue. It's the only it, issue. It's the only issue for a lot of people. If everyone had a million dollars, we'd all be happier. Like, they just don't, don't fucking say that we wouldn't, right? Like, yeah. people, I hate it when they go, oh, you know, if I would still do this job for $10 an hour. No, you wouldn't. Stop. Like, yeah, because you'd be hungry as a, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's expensive now. Um, but figure out how, if you're at the current job, and I'll use myself as an example again. When I was at Landry's, I was like, okay, cool. Social media is fun. I'm enjoying this. Um, this is cool. I'm learning this. But, man, I want to I film, like, stuff for videos because at the time, Facebook's algorithm, and it still does, it favored videos. And I was like, man, I want to edit some shit again because I had that bug of I want to edit. I want to put a story together mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I said, hey, we should buy a GoPro, and I should go out to all these properties and, like, film little daily vignettes. I got paid to do it. Yeah. Go do it. Like, totally. figure out how you can – yeah, you can incorporate, incorporate what you want to do into what you're and doing. And create a whole new role. Create a whole new role at your current company. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Like, figure no, that, that out. No, that also. could be there, too. I just, man, there's something about knocking it out of the park where you are, even if you're unhappy, mm-hmm. that you will have so much pride whenever you go to whatever it is yeah. you want to do. Absolutely. To know. there's It's just old school, like, biblical pride of, yeah. I was unhappy and I was the best. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's something that will, on your deathbed, that will still be cool. And too many people, self-included, lose interest in what, in, in what they're doing and start searching. And then that old relationship and that old place where you are, the relationships get worse and worse. Your performance gets worse and worse. And then you leave with a bad taste in everybody's mouth, your yeah. own mouth. You have shame leaving instead of pride leaving. Yeah. Whereas if you just like, all right, I really want to go make movies, but I'm a program director now. And and the programming that we're doing is not what I like, but I could see, I could see where we were going with mm-hmm. Craig and with David. I knew where we were going, but I was too pri- I was too prideful to say I'm going to get on board with what they're doing, and then and then still use my free time to do what I'm doing, to do what I want to do. Instead, I just lost focus mm-hmm. and and was a turd. Yeah, and but let- somehow you yes, yeah, I think you're right. That that advice is. The right way to do it. You're absolutely right, but it worked like, out. Like, let's it, let's it take a hypothetical. Out, okay. Let's say right, you you you've already explained how happy you are. Mm-hmm. That's great, but let's say you got it in your in your uh, head that you wanted to start a podcast network of of 15 Houston area 
podcasters that you want to bring together to turn into this company, yeah. right? This hypothetical situation. The way you do that is to not dedicate 10 hours a day to podcasting and just do your job. The way you do it is you do the John and Hill show better than you've ever done it and let everybody around you know that I'm kicking ass. I'm doing everything and beyond at mm -hmm. my job. I also want to do this, and one day I'm going to do this. But until I'm doing that, I'm going to be the best co-host John has ever had. I'm going to be the best um, employee David has ever had. And, and then whenever you do go do that thing, when you go to start that podcast network, you have everybody's blessing. You're proud. They're proud to have had you. And the people that are signing on to your new podcast know, hey, that dude did something he, didn't, he wasn't passionate about for a year and was the best at it. Yeah. That's what I think. That's great advice. Um, you do something every morning. You have a morning routine with your wife that I, I think do. Um, I love. You probably know it. Yeah. I know. You told me before. I wake and it up stuck with me. Every single morning yeah. going back to like 97, um, and we have coffee. My wife and I, uh, no matter what, no matter how shit-faced I got the night before, crawl in at 3. <laughs> I wake up at 445 and make the pot of coffee the night before. And we sit down, and what used to be 15 minutes is now a solid hour. Wow. Where we drink coffee together for an hour, sitting on the opposite sides of the couch, and I'm like, tell me about your day yesterday. What do you got going on today? Here's what I did yesterday. Here's what I got going on today. Here's what's coming up for the family next weekend, next month. Easter's coming up. We got to do it. And we, we just talk, dude. We're able to stay buddies, mm -hmm. you know, rather than just convenient spouses. We're close, and we've done it forever. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah. I, like, you told me that two years ago when we came up to your property. Oh, yeah. Um, and you told me about that, and I was like, shit. Every that's morning. Such a, and, and I tried incorporating that into my life. It's hard. And it's, a it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It, it is hard because schedules don't match up. Totally. My wife is out the house when I'm waking up. I'll tell you, the, the biggest enemy of this program that we do is sleep. Yeah. And it's, it's sleep and health. So if she's sick or something, it's hard to do. So if she's sick... Then I come into the bedroom. Sure. And she lays in the bed, and I sit in the chair, and we have coffee. and Or she just sits there, and yeah. and I drink coffee and say, here's what I'm doing today. Bye. That was our five minutes. Yeah. But, yeah, we've kept that up forever. That's a great – that's a cool thing to incorporate. Yeah. Um, final thing, man, we – that was the fastest hour ever. Yeah, You, wow. you have to get going. It's 1230 here on a Thursday. Is it really? Yeah, I do. All right. You have to get going. Uh, but – Michael Berry, your new relationship with him. Yeah. You've been uh, kind of helping him out and doing stuff. Oh, and he's I been would, helping you I, out. I would say now. the other way around. Yeah. No, Michael and I go back to the Yao Ming song days. He came. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So we've been buddies for a long time. And then when I was at 610, he was programming for all the AMs at Clear Channel, iHeart now. And we were always buddies and we would talk periodically. But when I left radio, um, I reached out to just about everybody that whose paths I'd crossed in the past. And just was looking for some type of connection, and and Michael and I rehit it off instantly, and we started started hanging, and then flash forward, and I'm doing bits on the air, and I still yeah. I still get to scratch that itch that I have to perform, so I do bits on the air and record songs, and yeah, it's a it's a good deal. He's uh, you turned me on to him. I was never a Michael Berry fan, <laughs> and I was just like, man, fuck that racist guy, whatever, <laughs> fuck that shit, right? Uh, and then I started listening to him, and. I don't agree with his political views. I don't agree with the, sure. the messaging on his radio. But fuck, man. The dude knows how to he do could, a radio He could show. do radio, dude. I used to listen to him every morning going yeah. into my corporate job. I was like, I got to listen to Michael Berry because Chance listens to him now. Yeah. And I learned so much from him yeah. doing radio and like, like he cared about it. He does. He still cares about it after Big all these I years. I can't imagine, dude. Three hours in the morning and two hours in yeah. the afternoon every day. And the grind and his dude. hustle. 
Yeah. That's when I'm like, man, I got to become Michael Berry. Yeah. And he runs a big the Redneck Country Club, yeah. this massive bar and concert venue. But all the while, his show hasn't suffered at all. No, no. That's, no. A, that's a great advice. Going back to your advice was be great where you are. Be great where you are. Yeah. Do something that's fun, but be great where you are. And by the show. way, those passions that you have outside of where you are, mm-hmm. if you're really on fire to do whatever the hell it is, that fire is not going to get put out because you're tired. Yeah. that You're, you're going to put in your 10-hour day, and it's 6 o'clock, and you're just getting home from work. You don't oh, – oh, so now that fire's gone? Really? Then, then the fire's bullshit. You're yeah. just dissatisfied. Kick ass where you are, and that if that fire is, is hot enough – you're going to pursue that. Texaschance.com? Texaschance.com. Uh, if you need him for video production stuff, he's Anything. awesome. Great yeah. stuff. Chance, my brother. My brother. Uh, most important person in, in my success, honestly. Nah, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, really. It really is. Uh, and don't be a stranger. Come back on the podcast. We're going to talk more life. I had like so many other topics I wanted to get into. I you. I was Just all nervous. Even, like, I sent you a list this morning. Yeah. Here's where I'm comfortable. I'm, like, I'm all like, I'm not as loosey-goosey as I used to be. I'm yeah. kind of more... You're, I have a comfort zone now. That's fine, but yeah, you know, I was like, oh, business is fun. And I love this, man. I love doing this podcast because a lot of young people do listen to the show. Good. And I'm blessed that there's an audience there. That's cool. But next time you come on, we're just going to talk life. I'm we're in. Gonna, we're talk about everything. Anything you need, dude. We're going to talk religion, too. I'm in. Everything. We're going to have fun. Chance right, McLean uh, on Twitter. At Texas Chance, everybody. This is Raheel Ramzanali. All right. We are done. Sneaker Summit. Thank you so much. Sneakersummit.com. Follow them on social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. At Sneaker Summit, 10% off for Raheel Show listeners. Make sure you go in there and say hi to Adrian and Brian. Uh, they're awesome. If you just like shoes and you like just talking about stuff, music, culture, whatever, dude, it's, a, it's an old school place where you go in and just talk to people. You're just hanging out. It's like old businesses, man. Same thing with my dad. Perfume Time Houston. Go up there, uh, say hi to him. He'll just talk to you, just have fun, and he'll recommend the right place. Like, you're like, I need a new iPhone cover. He'll be like, go here. Go to my buddy over here. And you just talk about life and religion. He just knows it. Like, he's cool as fuck, man. My dad's awesome. Uh, so you can also do that. Perfume Time Houston. Perfume Time Houston. On Google, look them up. They don't have a website because Google does everything for them. It's awesome. HtownDental.com. It's my brother. You probably won't get much talking done with him because he's going to be working on your teeth. HtownDental.com. Uh, four locations across the city. You can book your appointment at HtownDental.com. Mention the show. You get a free cleaning and x-rays. All right, Chance, thank you so much. Thank you, Rahil. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know when, when, who our guest is going to be. You need to have Jackie on. I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record Jackie's episode, Jackie Goss, when I go up to Bolivar. Oh, good. We're going to do an episode from the beach. I'm, I'm going to, hopefully, the, is iPhone waterproof? The new one is, yeah. 7 Plus is? Yeah. So I'm going to do it while we're fishing. Oh, that's good. I want to do a, something so unique with him. It might yeah. be a 10-minute podcast, 15 that's minutes. A, it would be worth it. Jackie's a great dude, man. Yeah. Great dude. Uh, so, yeah, I might do that. I might do that when we go out to Bolivar in May. All right, we're out of here. Thank you for listening. Woo-hoo. Subscribe, rate the podcast, Real Show Podcast. Bye.